This morning's title is Recommissioned, so let's get back to work. Recommissioned, let's get back to work. You know, I find it interesting when you read <coughs> Facebook and observe the psychology of people and listening to their, the nature of their comments that they post in, a whole, in all manner of situations and circumstances and how everybody tends to be reactionary as opposed to thoughtful and reflective. And... Uh, you know, the human psychology has a framework of thinking. It has a pattern. Do you know that? And you and I are victims of it from time to time. And, uh, but it's as fascinating as it is alarming. When you look at some of the stuff that's on Facebook. Yeah? And human beings the way they are, and... Uh, they have a pattern of behavior because what they think and how they think and how they can process what they think then determines what they feel about what they think. Yeah? And you and I not being able to process properly is going to get us in a lot of trouble. I mean, would, would you agree? He said this, oh, I thought he meant that. Well, how did you get that from what they said? Because the way you processed and the way you process is always going to be a challenge for you and I. And the older we get, processing takes longer. You can see the bars clicking. It's like a nut, you know, the fruit machine. You know it's up there, the thoughts come in, and it's clicking down. And then all of a sudden, you get it all together, like three bells, all, all the lights start ringing. You go, whoa, I finally get it. That was like two months later. So the speed of your processing will determine how quick you can get to work. It will determine how quick or how slow you can get to work. And uh, this pattern frame psychology that everyone has, Phil alluded to it before when he was taking communion wine, it starts, well, it starts in many, many ways, but one of the ways I also think, uh, find fascinated is New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, the psychology of people think the bell's going to ring and I'm going to be given a new day. You're not given a new day, you're just given another day. It's not a new day. It's a new year. And they think that, well, I'll be somehow different tomorrow because it's a new year. And this thought says, you know, I'm going to make a vow. I feel so good about this new day. I'm going to make a vow. I'm going to tell myself and I'm going to tell everybody else that the new me has entered into the 2020. The new you hasn't entered into 2020. The old thinking's still with you. But the thought of a new day coming, you thought a new day means a new you. Every day is an opportunity for a new you. The bells don't have to ring so that you can become a new. Come on. Think about this. And this psychology that says I can be a new day, then only two or three weeks into January, you feel you're still the old you, still with you. And then that cycle of defeat seems to overtake you. And you realize that the cycle of defeat that had you in 2019 has still got a hold of you in 220. But it took you two or three weeks to process that just because the bells chimed and said, it's 220, you thought you was a new you. All you did was step into a new year. But the old you still there. Hmm. And the reason why we get caught in this cycle of defeat is because many of us don't know what change looks like. None of us, or many of us don't know what the real new should look like. Do, does the new you just want to feel better? Does the new you want to achieve more? And you'll say yes to all those things. But the truth is, you have no plan, and I have no plan sometimes, how to find this new me. And the truth is, the new you, if you could always change you, and you can change you to a degree. There are many, many things you can do to say goodbye to the old person. You're no longer, and you are a new creation, the old has gone. But the old is very much still with you. In our psychic, in our framework. And many people 
I get lost in this old me. And, and I've realized, and I'm realizing as I get older, my key to staying sharp is my ability to keep processing. So we've got to allow for room for critical thinking. And when I say critical thinking, I don't mean being critical about other things. Critical thinking means things that make you think and reprocess. Because people say, I just want our church to be easy. Tell me Jesus loves me every week. I'm sorry, that's not what we're about. I'll tell you this week, Jesus loves you, but, you know, we've got to move on. Why? Because there are things to process. There are so many things we have to process. And the older we get, the good old brain slows down. And then we say, well, tell me again. I didn't understand. That's okay, asking a question. It's okay to keep asking as long as you're in, you're in, you, you realize that in your processing, you haven't quite grabbed a hold of it yet. That's okay to keep asking questions. So explain it to me again. I, got, I understand you in part. Help me again. That tells God that you're not a resistor. It just means you're trying to enter into new understanding. But when you say, well, it's too complicated. I'm leaving it. Now that's a resistor. Because I have to, it requires process. Because it requires process, I can't be mithered. Well, you know, the person who says that never, never changed anything, never went in anything, never went anywhere, and never did anything. Now, I'm 58. I know I don't look it. But my processing power is better today than it's ever been. Why? Because I constantly keep challenging and pushing my area of thinking out. Amen? The Bible says in Psalm 110, I'll read these scriptures to you, and I won't want you to process these because we're going fast. But you will have to grab hold of it in a minute. Psalm 110 verse 4 says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. Now that's the Lord. That doesn't give you permission not to change your mind. He says, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So God does not change his mind. Then Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. One could easily think that this Godhead never changes, right? And it has nothing new inside it. It could be interpreted that they are stubborn. They are out of date. Very, absolutely, that is not the case. Why? Because they are not in time. They are not bound by your knowledge. They're not bound by your time. God, in foreknowledge, sees everything. So God isn't limited by what you and I know. God sees the end from the beginning. Amen? And in that, in his foreknowledge, everything works together. But 2 Corinthians tells us this. 2 Corinthians 2, sorry, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, However, it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. Now, I want you to underline that word, conceived. Conceived. Now, once, now you've un, uh, underlined or circled it or highlighted it, whatever you do in your Bible or in your electronics, the reason why you need to conceive is because of what God has prepared for those who love him. There are things prepared for you and I for those who love God, you, they need conception. Conception has to be processed. Conception has to be processed. If you, you may have conceived, but if you can't com process what's going on, then you're going to maybe abort, miscarry, whatever is inside of you. And he says, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. So what is in the mind of God can be in the mind of you. What is in the heart of God can be received in the heart of his servants. But it has to be processed in order for you to understand what has been conceived. So to process, you have to have information, revelation, knowledge, insight, wisdom... You need all those things to move you towards processing. Because we're not children. We don't spoon feed one another. We have to chew. We have to think about. We have to muse. We have to... All the other words that chew things over. Digest. We, sometimes it's good to read a book above your pay grade. I said to Phil, I've got a book called The History of the EU. 
it's that thick. It's like war and peace. I said to Phil, I can't, and Andy Duff recommended it to me. I think Andy bought the book so he could reach the top shelf. The thing is this, I started reading it and I realised after the introduction, this might be a little bit too much for me and this might be above my pay grade. But you know what, I persevered with it. I didn't understand three quarters of it, but I understood some of it and I extracted what I could from the book before I finally gave over, submitted to the Lord and said, Lord, take this thing from me. And it still looks at me in, my, in our house and uh, I'm waiting for somebody else to suffer, and I can give it to them. So if you want to know the history of the EU, you know where to come. Andy Duffield. And, but it's good to challenge your thinking. It's good to read. I read a lot of books, and, and I've, I've done webinars, and I've done all kinds of things. Why? Because I want to be a disruptor for Christ. And to be a disruptor doesn't mean go and cause trouble. It means to go and disrupt and dislodge thinking in you, in me, beyond us. We have to dismantle and disrupt so many things in our world. Because the one thing that needs challenging is thinking. Thinking is way, it's way off. It's, it's carnal. It's, it's tragic. Yeah? So understanding this, ask yourself a question... How will I know what, the new, what a new day looks like if I don't process things in my life? How will I know what a new day looks like if I cannot process? If a new day comes to you and I, how will I know what a new day looks like if I can't process? I must be able to distinguish what an old day looks like so I can embrace a new day. If every day is the same... See, even though Jesus is the same today, yesterday and every day, Jesus' day is not the same. Because he's doing, he's doing things and acting and doing things in people's lives differently. All over. He's working in all of us simultaneously, but he's working in all of us differently. God's never bored. God's never bored. You keep him up. <laughs> and I keep him up. That's why he's interceding for us. He knows how much trouble we are. Oh, you are. He knows I'm an angel. But <clears throat> So how will we know what a new day looks like if I'm constantly bound by the cycle of defeat? Yeah? I have to conceive a new day is upon me. I have to conceive a new day is upon me. From September 2019 through to Christmas 2019, uh, heading towards 2.20, God has repeatedly been speaking to me and challenging my process, my thinking and my process. He's been building concepts and precepts into my, my thoughts of his future. God's been building concepts and precepts of his future into my heart and into my mind. He says, now think about that. I'm just leaving that with you, Tony. I'm going to see how you can handle what I've dropped inside of your mind. I was sharing with Phil one of the nights, and I've not had this, I can't say I've had it like I had it. So when I asked you to pray for me through Christmas, and if some of you did, well, your prayer's been answered. One particular night, I, I never get out of bed. I will wrestle all night with a duvet. I'll wrestle all night. There's no way I'm getting out of bed. Do you know why I never get out of bed? Because they keep telling Phil. Once you get out of bed, your body learns a pattern. And it can disturb you and you'll get up and you'll keep walking in the middle of the night because you can't sleep. And then you tell yourself, then you have to get up because this is the pattern. And I will not give my body that luxury. So I will wrestle in bed and I say, no, we will go to sleep. It might take us 30 minutes. It might take us an hour, but we ain't, we ain't moving. One of us is going to move and it ain't me. And I lie there because rest is just as important as sleep. There's a difference. Sometimes when you can't sleep, you can rest. So why do I know that? Because I process things. So, and I realize sleep is important. And he gives sleep to his beloved. The Bible tells us that. So if you're not sleeping, ask yourself, what's going on? Anyway, I digress. And in the middle of my sleep, I'm aware that I'm asleep, but I'm aware that I'm having a dream in my sleep. And it's like I'm outside watching me have a dream. 
Does that make sense? And I can hear God speaking to me very loud and clear. And he keeps telling me time and time again, time and time again, this scripture. And I've never turned to this scripture, so I know it can't be me. I don't pick random verses out. And God picks this random verse out, and he says, and he keeps talking to me about it, and I keep thinking, okay, this is the time I should be getting up and writing. No flipping way. I'm staying in bed. I thought, I'll write it down, but the trouble is, this is the only time I take my iPad to bed and all my changes on top of the iPad. And I thought, if I get the iPad now, I'm going to wake the Queen up at the side of me. And if you wake Mama up, it's gone. Right? So I thought, well, no, okay, I'll leave it, I'll leave it, I'll leave it. And I'm sleeping and I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming and dreaming. So the first thing I did, I turned out of bed, put my feet on the floor, I said, Carol, you were snoring like a pig last night and I was dreaming. I said, and the Lord was speaking to me. She said, what was he said? And I told her what he said. I went downstairs, I got the Bible out, I thought, wow, wow, I ain't got a clue what that means. I ain't got a clue what that means. But you know what? I need to process this. I need to work it through because a new day is coming. And the key to a new day coming is what understanding I can get from this scripture. I'm not telling you yet until I get the answer. It's not ready to announce because it's, in, in it's still in process. But I've got to work it. And I, I know that I know that I know that the Lord visited me in the middle of the night. Now I realized that this new day means I am going to have to start interceding in the middle of the night. Because I realized that my frame of, of work, of lying in bed, is right. But when God speaks, he takes priority. And I realized that I'm entering partly a season when God starts dropping things into your spirit. It's so that you will rise and pray in that moment so understanding can come at the moment it's it's spoken. Does that make sense? So part of the intercession intercession is part of that doorway that I, I will have to walk into because you have to process things in the spirit. Rather than, Lord, leave send me an email. I'll get back to you. So it's like, Lord, be kind to me. Wake me up at reasonable times. So I know that, that I know that these concepts and precepts that God's been sowing into my heart about these future, I do know that God has given me a 12-month window of clarity. I have clear clarity for the next 12 months for us as a house. Right? In fact, so much so, I called all the leaders together before Christmas and I sat them down and we had a good time together and I shared the 2020 vision of what God had been speaking and, um, and God has constantly, repeatedly keeps speaking to me about what I spoke to them about. And so next Sunday, I'd like us to have a bring a plate. Bring a plate, that means everyone bring a plate with food, not just bring a plate. <laughs> bring some food. And uh, we will launch some of the things in our hearts, so we can at least give you an insight as to what you'll be doing. Notice I didn't say what we'll be doing, I said what you'll be doing. <laughs> and Because we've got to get back to work. And there's a strategy for how to get back to work. And uh, so don't, con- don't try and conceive anything. Are we doing this or doing that? Just come with an open heart to catch and then process what God is saying. Isaiah 26 Verse 17, I read this script to us before we broke for Christmas. This is a great challenge to us. And it says, as a woman with child and about to give birth, rise and cries out in her pain. So were we in your presence, O Lord. We were with child, we arrived in pain, but we gave birth to wind. Wow. It's possible to... Be in God's presence. It's possible to tell God you love him. Possible to, to know all the language. It's possible to feel certain things in your heart. Just as it's possible not to birth anything real and substantial. A lot of what the church produces is nothing but wind. Hot air. Wind. Now, it's interesting to note that when we read this verse, 
why had they produced wind? Well, it says it in the back end of that verse. We have not brought salvation to the earth. In other words, they got so caught up doing church work, Israel's work, religious work, that they forgot the work of the kingdom. They didn't attempt to do the things that they should have been doing. And he says, and we, we have not given birth to the people of the world. It's time to give birth back to the people of our world. It's time to give birth back, give life back to this to the people of the world. Our community, our nation, the nations are waiting for life. They're waiting for life. One of the things uh, we put our toe in the water, you know, disasters are a, a, I say this carefully, disasters give the church an opportunity to have high visibility. Because in the moments of, of crisis, someone stepping up, standing up, Stepping in standing and staying in until crisis has been averted. It's a great opportunity for the kingdom of God to shine. And right now, many of you will turn your TVs on and see Australia's on fire. So we have many, many connections in Australia. It's a nation that's close to our hearts. I have a daughter-in-law who's Australian. So it's, it's not only close to our hearts, it's close to my hearts. And she's just returned back. And, uh, you know, many of you know Pastor Pete, Karen, and the rest of the crew that's all been over here many times. So I put the toe in the water and said, look, how can we help? What can we do? What can we do? And I'm waiting on that information to come back because in uh, Victoria, um, in Gibbsland, that's where it's been burning, we have some pastors up there from the Isaac Network. And uh, right now it's Pandemonia up there. Pandemonia, is that right? Pandemonia. And... Uh, I said to look, we want to help. We as a church can help. And uh, so I'll let you know. So get your pockets ready. And uh, we'll, we're going to try to see if we can at least step into that nation and see if we can do anything. Amen? There are many needs right, across the world right now, but that's one that we, we know that if we put resources, we put them into our guys on the ground. We're not sending it to an organization and they take administration fees out. We can just take it straight to them and they can distribute the money as and when we need. We don't want to give birth to wind. We don't want to give birth to wind because wind, you know, wind is, a wrong kind of wind can, can be devastating when there's fires around because it takes the embers. And I used to think it was just little embers, but they were describing them that big. And it takes the embers and the wind blows and then, it, it, you know, they travel and that's how it starts in another part and... And it looks like the apocalypse when you look at Australia right now. And uh, now's not a time to make some jokes about you lot of being bad. <laughs> but it's a serious thing. People are losing homes and being displaced and blah, blah, blah. So we want to do something. But we do not want to give birth to wind in what we do. We want to be strategic in what we do. So God strategically and purposely wants us to conceive and process, so he wants us to process what he, the things that he wants us to conceive. There are things, and I'm going to talk to you right now about what you need to conceive. And because there is a recommissioning coming back to the Dream Center. There is a recommissioning. Many years ago, the word repurpose was branded around by many denominations. In other words, this was their way of getting back to what they should have been doing. They're still not there, so they'll have to call it something else next time. However, the word repurpose was them finding their starting position because many denominations started one way and they lost. They didn't carry the hearts of the fathers. And because they didn't carry the hearts of the fathers, they don't know why the denomination actually even started. So they're trying to run it on an administration basis. Anyway, I digress. The point is to recommission is to get the church from doing church work back to doing the work of the church. So doing the work of the church is, takes a recommissioning, a reprocessing, a reconstructing. You have to change things. You have to change people. You have to change the hearts of people, change the nature of people, all those things. So that, because our legacy is dependent upon how we pro, what we process and how we process. So, how many of you know Moses had a problem with conception? 
Even Moses did. Let's go to Numbers chapter 11. Listen to what he said. He's complaining about what God's doing. And he's trying to say, look, it's not my fault. I didn't birth these people. It's your fault. You birthed them. And I can't, I can't carry what you're, you've birthed. And when we can't carry what God's birthing, there's something wrong. So listen to, what, listen to what his heart says. He says, he asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on me? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? That's a leader for you. When people start moaning and complaining, it's not unnatural. Oh, it's not unnoticed. Well, forget it. It's not unusual to find God's people saying, God, why don't you just close the damn thing then? Take us all to glory. Listen to what he says. What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? So he's like, why why are you picking on me? Did I conceive all these people? No. Stop there. But you will do. But you will do. Because what God was about to do through Israel meant Moses had to perceive what God was doing. And Moses had to carry the the nation across. Right? So a leader, first of all, has to come into a line with what God is doing. So the leader has to perceive, first of all, what God wants to do with his people. (coughs) Can you understand that? The people can't lead. It's God's servant who has to lead the people. So God has to sort Moses out first. Did I give them birth? No. Why do you tell me to carry them in your arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their forefathers? Where can I get meat for all these people? In other words, Lord, every Sunday you ask me to keep feeding them. I can't feed them, Lord. It's too hard. It's like, Moses, shut up. Reprocess. The God who called you is the God who can lead you. They keep wailing to me. Well, every pastor understands that. Give us meat to eat from time to time. I'm not saying you lot. From time to time. And then he says, I cannot carry all these people by myself. Aha! Well done, Moses. Once you're blind, now you can see. The fact that you can't carry all these people means somebody else is going to have to get involved and you're going to have to partner with a higher source. So he says, I can't carry these people all by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. Absolutely, Kimo Savi. If this is how you're going to treat me, put me to death right now. Can you imagine saying that? If I found favour in your eyes, and do not let me fa- my face uh, own ruin, the Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders. And he says, and he starts bringing another company around him to help him do the task to carry the burden of God. Many, many leaders have a problem with birthing new things. It's not just a congregation's problem. It's a leadership problem. Because everything rises and falls with leadership. Your children are looking for leadership. Your children are looking for your leadership. And you can't turn around and say, Lord, these kids are doing my head in. Why? Because children are meant to be a blessing from the Lord. The reason why these children are doing your head in is because they're struggling to express themselves and you're struggling to give them the understanding that they need. Now listen, even when you get the understanding, they don't always like what you say. That's one issue. The issue is, can you supply the leadership your children need? Can you be wise enough? Can you be patient enough? Can you process it from their point of view? Can you process your wife? (coughs) Guys, can you process your wife? (laughs) Ladies, can you... (laughs) I'll move over there. There could be a fight over there. (laughs) Ladies, can you process your husband? I will. 
I understand him. <laughs> he will conform. <laughs> the issue is, you know, <laughs> oh, no. I read a quote. That, no, I can't say it. No, I'll get battered if I say it. No, no, no. Um, I'll tell you afterwards, Phil. It's a good, good quote. You know that one you told me last night. It's just not for this morning. Uh, it's too risky. I just don't believe you're in that place right now, sanctification, where I could risk something. Getting back to the point in hand. You must process your wife better this year. You must process your husband. You must process what your children are going through. You must process your finances. Get them in order. They've gone quiet now in this holy church, in this Catholic church. Finances? He's speaking about finances, yes. Get everything in order because God's coming to speak to you about what's out. What's not in order, God is coming to speak to you about what is not in order. Why? Because God, as he moves, he changes everything within us and everything around us. Everything is subject to change and you are the first. So the leader has to change. The leader has to process so that when they communicate, they communicate clearly to the people what is being required of them. Yes? So I want you to know that this has been going on in me for some time now and I've been frustrated because I didn't have the language to talk, talk to you about then what you don't have language yes there's nothing worse when you're trying to pray and you don't have the words <laughs> I just don't know what to say ah you know what I mean he says no I don't know what you mean well give me the language Lord give me the language Lord these people that you've given me how do I lead them well one of the first First keys for anyone for leadership is this. You ready for this? Stop complaining about those you're trying to lead. Stop complaining about your children. Stop complaining about your wife. Get some peace in your heart before you start praying. Get the decks cleared so you pray with integrity, sincerity, rather than complaint. God's not into complaint. God's into hearing sincere, integrous prayers. Lord, I don't understand her. She doesn't understand me. I don't understand them. We don't understand this. Lord, we're seeking you for insight into what we don't understand. It's nobody's fault, but we're owning it together. Yes? So when I can't move you to a particular point, I have to go to Phil and say, Phil, what are you doing wrong? <laughs> Paul, what are you doing wrong? No, we go to the Lord and say, Lord, give us the key. Give us the key. And that's the only way we can do it. So, so Moses had a problem with conception. So the leader, the leader in you has to first rise up and process what God, the problem at hand. Yes? If you keep ignoring and bypassing the problem, you are the problem. Yes? So the next thing is a, conce a conception conceived. A conception conceived is the pathway leading you to a new day. A conception conceived, if you, can, if you can conceive that and process what God is doing, yeah. that is the pathway leading you to a new day. Yeah. Does that make sense? 1 Corinthians, again we read it before, however, no eye has seen. So there's things your eyes have not seen, there are things your ears have not heard, no mind has conceived. But then there's a day when God reveals it. Yeah. And at that day, it doesn't always make sense. <coughs> But God is revealing it to you in stages to see if you will pursue him and process what God is saying. So many children, so many things in the spirit get lost because we fail to process and fail to stay with what God's saying. Because I don't understand it clearly. It's easy for me to put it down and say, well, God will speak it. God will make it clear in the future. No, you must pick it up. People say about prophecies, well, I'm still waiting for a prophecy to come to pass. Prophecies don't come to pass when you do nothing. They don't. Where do we get this idea that because someone prophetically spoke, I don't, I am not needed. So, Exodus chapter 19, verse 10. And the Lord said to Moses... Watch this. So a concept, 
Conception conceived is the pathway leading you to a new day. In Exodus 19.10, And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people. So now Moses has been dealt with. Now he's going to the people. And he says, Consecrate them today. One day. Watch this. Consecrate them today. The day you speak to them is one day. A new day begins the, the moment you go to speak to them. Now, We've all got different cognitive ability and different processing speeds. So as I speak to Mel, because she's in my eye, eye line, she may grab it faster than David. Veronica may grab it faster than this David. Right? And all this row may have a level, but they may all process things at different level. Now let's come to this, this row, because you've got a marriage problem here. <laughs> Joking. This group might see a lot further than this group. So you go through that, through the church. So processing now, we're all at different levels. Some people have not even got on level one. Some people are quicker to process what's going on. Amen? So Moses has to go to the people. So the first day they hear something, a new day begins for them. But it's not yet begun for this lot yet because... They're still processing. The moment they, they process and can see, ah, now a new day begins. They can enter into what they've processed. And now they, they have conceived it. I can see what he's saying. I can see what God is saying. I can see what God is doing. So now I can enter into a new day. Does that make sense? So he says this. Go and tell, consecrate the people to debt them today and tomorrow. So tomorrow you may perceive what they conceived the day before. Yeah? And be ready by the third day. So there, are, there is a time frame in order to process and get ready for what God is saying. You can't keep going from year to year, 19, 20. 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Your years are ticking by, and that's things you should have processed 10 years ago, you still haven't processed. So the Bible calls as words for that and language for that, it says immaturity. You still need milk when you should be further down the road. So church and God always seems so far away for people who can't conceive. Well, one side of the church, they're touching God, they're, they're moving in God, that God's, you know, the reign of heaven is upon their life. And for another, another group of people, they're thinking, what am I even doing here? The heavens are closed, this God's not available, but these lot over here are moving in, in God, they're happy, they're fulfilled. One group is touching God, another one's thinking, what's it all about? You get that all around the world. So he said, consecrate them today, because on that day, on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Zion in the sight of all the people. So if we can move all the people, we can see God coming down on the people together. It's possible to see miracles and yet not see God. Do you know that? It's possible to see miracles. So conception begins when God speaks to leaders and the leader then are told, bold enough to take it to the people. I'm bringing it to you. And they have courage to proclaim what he's proclaiming. Leaders need courage. I was saying to Irene this morning, a lot of people talk about confidence. I don't need the confidence to tell you what God's saying. I need the courage. Why? Because they might not like it, Lord. They might leave. Well, get over it. They left me, meaning Jesus. Have you got the courage to speak what God's telling us to speak? And courage right now is what's needed in this hour. Amen? Conception of a new day requires a specific action. You must lean towards what God is saying. In this particular scripture, it was consecration. God was asking him to consecrate himself. Conception leads to a new day, or leading to a new day, Gives you a new framework of reference. Yeah? Be ready by the third day, he told the Israelites. 
Because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Zion in the sight of all the people. Now, wouldn't it be a glorious thing for everyone in this room to simultaneously all see the same thing? So when something's being proclaimed with one voice and in one accord, everybody captures it. That way, that's called equalization. Everybody captures what God is saying. Do you know that's what happened in the New Testament? They were all in one accord. They all captured what God was doing. So, a conception conceived is the pathway, uh, conceived is the pathway leading to a new day. Let me give you another point. A conception conceived will lead you to a new conviction. A pathway conceived will lead you to a new conviction. So with a new conviction, I can't go back. I can't go back. I've been convicted. I know that's not the right way. What I was thinking, how I was thinking, what I was doing is no longer acceptable. A new conviction is what the people need. So in Joshua 14, 7, listen to this. He says, I was, for 40 year, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh, Barnea, to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to... To my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. Two forms of communication. These guys saw, both saw the same things, but they both interpreted it different, processed it differently. One had fear and communicated fear, the other one had great faith and courage and proclaimed faith and courage. So what we see in God, I'm aware of the challenges of what God has been, uh, of what, what go with what God is speaking to me about. I know the challenges that come with you, seeing you rise. And I know there are many, many things and obstacles, potential obstacles for you to turn around and give a different report from what we're saying. This is why it's got to be a God thing and not a man thing. This is why God has to capture the hearts of the people and the people have to process what is coming out the leader's mouth. You can't just hear it, you must process it. Because what you process, you have to own. And that becomes your conviction. So I no longer have to keep convincing you at that point. If you have to keep convincing somebody at the same point, they've never conceived what you're saying. And so much of helping people is convincing them over things you've told them and repeatedly told them a thousand times. How much of you know that's, that's parenting 101? Telling them what you've told them, telling them what you've said. Yeah, until the penny clicks. Until they no longer don't go and have to ask mum or dad because they know what you'll say. But there's a time they'll keep asking you, hoping you'll say something different. But then there's a time when your convictions stand, the family get the message, mum and dad ain't going to budge on this issue. But that's a process that you have to get to where your convictions become resolute. Because if you, can be, if you can compromise and negotiate your conviction, it was never a conviction. It was just a temporary thought you had. So, he says, But my brothers went, who went up with me and made my, the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. And you know, this year, if I want to put a word up on, that, on, the, word, uh, on the back wall there, wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Heartedly. I'm in wholeheartedly. Feet in the boots, the boots are on the tarmac, the body's moving the feet and the boots. I'm in it wholeheartedly. Not half hearted, wholeheartedly. There's a word for us. Wholeheartedly. But he says, I, however, followed. Not their report, but I followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. We will walk in the name of the Lord, our God. Nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we'll walk in the name of the, God, the Lord, our God, forever and ever. And you know, that's wholeheartedly. 
that's a conviction that brings wholeheartedness to the framework, thinking, psychology and behaviour of a people. Amen? A conception conceived will create a future for your children's children. So when you become convicted, a concept conceived will create a future for your children's children. It runs deep. Legacy is important. Joshua 14, 7, he says, I, again, I, follow, I, however, followed the Lord wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which you, your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever. Because you have followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Because of what you are convicted by, what you move towards will open up the land you've stepped in. God has promised me. God has promised me. When I was in the States, God promised me. I can still see it walking for my coffee. God opened up my Bible for me and said, every foot you stand on, I will give you the land. That was the promise I received 2019 of October. So I, with great confidence, I can proclaim what God is saying. So I know, let me just use this phrase. I'm the pastor. It's come out of Moses' mind. You're my children in that sense. So you are going to inherit what God is speaking to me. And we together, wholeheartedly, will step into new land. And God will give us the land for our children. But only if you step in. The future. We're creating a future for our children's children by what we step into. There are children yet to be born who are looking for a future before they come out the mother's womb. And you, what you step into, will become the inheritance for them. Amen? A conception conceived will open the floodgates of heaven for the rains of heaven and for the springs of the deep to open over your house. A conception conceived will open up the floodgates of heaven for the rains of heaven and for the springs of the deep to open over your house. Genesis 7, 11, 11 says, in the 600th year of Noah's life, how many years? There's coming a day a new day was coming to him. On the seventh day of the second month, on that day, on that day, specific day, the springs of the great deep burst forth and the floodgates of the heavens were opened and the rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights and his family was secured. His family was secured. For 600 years, God told him he'd been building an ark. Uh, what's an ark look like? Don't worry, just build it. Well, I don't know what it looks like. Well, I'll put the plans inside your heart. And I want you then to work wholeheartedly for the next amount of time. Because on this day, on this specific hour, on this particular month, a new day is going to break forth. And there's a time when an immediately and a suddenly breaks forth on our life. And all of a sudden we're working, we're there wholeheartedly and we're saying, Lord, where are you? You promised, you promised me this, Lord. You promised the church this. Lord, I, I'm looking for you in a dry and wordy land. And God says, keep working, keep working, you're nearly there. And you keep trusting him and standing in faith according to your conviction. And then all of a sudden you feel, this, what's that thing falling from the sky? It's raining, a little bit of rain. And then a little bit of rain turns into a downpour. And a downpour begins to elevate you. When the water level hits the ground, the water level raises you up. Amen? First of all, it feels uncomfortable, but then it raises you up. doesn't matter how deep water is. does not matter how deep water is. As long as you can swim, you'll rise with it. As long as you stop struggling and float, you'll just rise to the top. Amen? So here we go. He says, Noah had to conceive... What God had spoke to him. Noah had to conceive an ark. I should get David to do this part, shouldn't I? <laughs> an ark? <laughs> In his Jewish voice, his Russian Jewish voice. We should, he said, build this. Well, 
Well, Lord, what does that look like? Okay, Lord, I don't fully understand it, but I will process what you're saying to me. And Noah stood and declared in the midst of people what God was about to do. And the people didn't understand it and they ridiculed him. And that's why you're always careful what, when you tell people outside of the church, when they say, what's God doing in your house? None of your business. Because they don't have your context. You share things about, to what God's saying and they go, well, that sounds a bit weird. Yes, it does to you because you don't belong here. And people don't understand that. They think, oh, tell everybody what God's doing. No, be careful who you tell. And Noah told everybody about what he was doing, what God had put in his heart, and he had to stand strong. And he had, but the, a small group of people came alongside Noah. And it starts with a small group of people who will come alongside Noah and say, Noah, I ain't got a clue what you're building or what it looks like, but can we help? Absolutely you can help. So they come alongside and they start working and slowly but surely the thing starts taking shape and then depending on what the shape is, you know that you've seen, you've all played that game, you know, catchphrase. And this is how it is in the spirit. God gives you a down, want the first slide of the frame. Now depending on how quick you are at processing, you can say it the first thing you see. But how many of us need five or six slides before we, oh, now I see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carol's great at that. I mean, I'm, I must admit, in that particular issue, I need about three or four slides. You know, depending on the slide, obviously. Carol gets, seems to get it dead quick. Now, in the spirit, that's my forte. When we are building the spirit, I only get one slide. And I know what God's saying from one slide. But why? Because God is not a God of confusion. He gives me understanding. We haven't got time for six slides. We haven't, got, we haven't got time for my finger up my nose going, go on, show us another one. Show us another one. So the point is, when you communicate, you might have six slides, but people are struggling to get your first slide. So you have to pray and intercede for the people that you're speaking to that they will, Lord, give them quicker processing power. Your computer slows down because it doesn't have the RAM doesn't have the capacity to process fast. That's very much like you and I. Yeah? So what we have to do is upgrade the machine, or by upgrading, we get rid of Windows and we get Mac. <laughs> right? But even so, the same problem occurs on their machines. It's a common problem to machines. Now, you're not a machine, you're a human being. But the older you get, the more your life gets concerned with the, light, the concerns of world, the concerns of life, it begins to weigh heavy on you and therefore less time is given to process other things and you spend more time focusing on the things that's troubling your heart. True? But if we could learn to pray about those things that's troubling our hearts, we can create more space for God to move. Yes? We get so labored by what we think on. And what we think about. So there's a new day coming. And when this new day comes, there's a release of the floodgates of heaven. You know, how many of you have struggled in understanding? And you've struggled and you've struggled and you've struggled and you can't get it. And you're banging your head. And then all of a sudden, you do something and the light comes on. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah? It's called a ha-ha moment. Ah, now I get it. It's like the heavens just opened and rain fell on you. And you go, and don't it refresh your mind? That now understanding's coming. Oh, thank goodness. But when you tell others about it, you don't tell them how long you struggled. Oh, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah I understand that. And like the Holy Spirit said, yeah, tell them. It took you four years to grab it, though. And it took me to, to, to bring you into understanding. It's like the heavens open and God rains down understanding that elevates you to a whole new position and a new day opens up for you because the rains of heaven fell on your ground. Last one. A conception conceived will inspire you to make a new proclamation. A, new, a, con a conception conceived will inspire you to make a new proclamation. 
And with a new proclamation, it will release new wonders. You know, we spoke my last message to you on Christmas. I took from Luke chapter 2, well, part of the message. I took from chapter 2, verse 25, and it was Simeon. Simeon went into the temple and he said, now there was a man in Jerusalem, or you can say Drolsden, wherever you live, called Simeon, put your name there. And this was the key that unlocked for him a new day. It says this, he was righteous and he was devout. Heaven just didn't open to any kind of person. It opened to a righteous and devout person. Why? Because a righteous and devout person is someone who walks and works by convictions. And because they walk and work by convictions, they then align their life and that's what they step into righteousness and holiness and that becomes their code of conduct. So the Holy Spirit began to reveal to Simeon what prophets had foretold for hundreds of years. It says this, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. In other words, he was waiting for the opportunity to encourage the nation. I'm waiting for us to, uh, for opportunities to go and encourage our town, our city, our nation. Yeah? And it says, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. But greater are you, John, because the Holy Spirit is in you. It came on and left Simeon, but he came and stayed with you. So the Holy Spirit abides in you. So you are in a better position than Simeon was, however... It had been revealed to him, everyone say, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Come on, say it with me if you will. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. So what he could not conceive has now been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. And he's processed what had been received to him by the Holy Spirit. Yeah? That he would not die before he had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Moved by the Spirit. So now he has conceived but now he is moved by the Spirit. Why? Because now he's got wholehearted conviction. He can be moved by the Spirit. Many of us conceive, but can't conceive, but we're not moved by what we conceived. And that's why we give birth to wind. Yes? And he was moved by the Spirit. And he went into the temple courts. In other words, he took what he had captured in his spirit and he began to make a new proclamation. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of the people of Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, The child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. To that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your own soul too. Wow. Simon had waited patiently and faithfully had waited for the fulfillment of heaven's word. He'd waited. He believed and prayed and waited and he's waiting until his eyes saw what he captured in his heart. Simon was a man who was moved by the Spirit. Will you be moved by the Spirit this year? When his moment came, he was a vessel ready to reveal Christ. When his moment came, he was a vessel ready to reveal what he had captured and processed. Simon prophesied the ministry of the child that had just been brought forth. He was a link. Not only did he get fulfillment, but he was a link into what God was going to do beyond his years. He himself would not see and be part of what Jesus was doing, but in the spirit he captured, this is the son that will be the rising and falling. But I'm having, not only am I getting fulfilled here, I'm actually being given a role to prophesy his future. The boy can't, you know, the boy's still a baby. He hasn't even come off weaning or anything like that yet. And here I am prophesying, this old man is prophesying of what's to come. 
OLD. You know, the thought came to me as I was praying this week. We have to reverse retirement. We have to return. We have to... What's the word? Reverse. Old age and retirement because I can't physically reverse old age. Old age is much, as just as much a mentality as it is an aging process. We are not trying to reverse the aging process. We're trying to reverse the mentality that says, it's no longer my role anymore, it's the young'uns. Well, look around. You are the young'un. So that then produces a retirement mentality that says, I no longer have to join my strength to what's going on. Because I've retired, and I'll just get what I can get from this church, and I'll let everybody else do what they need to do. Because we're old. Old is in your mind. And retirement says, I have finished my days of sweating, and therefore, I no longer will get involved. It's now my time to take it easy. Then go to be with Jesus. Come on. If you're going to reverse things and get back to recommission, you've got to knock some things on the head along the way. You're not old. You are OLD. It takes longer to say old if you say OLD than it's to say old. Get it out of your mind, you're old. Because old never comes into it when you want fun. When you want fun, you never think of your age. When you want fun, you will move heaven and earth to go and have fun. F-U-N. O-L-D. But when we say work, we say, well, I'm old. Do you want some fun? Oh, Nana wants some fun. You can't have fun if you're old. Old people don't have fun. Who says that? You. True? That's just the trap that you trap yourself with. I'm old to work, but I'm not too old to have fun. Or the worst one is, we're not too old to have sex. What? Did he just mention sex in church? Of course. Why? Because you, you equate sex with fun. Ooh, ooh. Moving on swiftly. <laughs> Come on. Think of this framework that you have. Well, you know, I'm not, we're not too old to, to make love. Why? Because I feel passion in that area. Oh, so in your OLD, you can feel passion. Oh, so it's possible that you still are connected to passion. Right. So if God can put things in your heart that can create passion, you can still move towards them. Okay, so OLD can have F-U-N, yeah, an S-E-X, we've established a few things here this morning, haven't we, <coughs> it's not only the young people, it's the older and the OLDs, <coughs> so let, stand to your feet if you will, stand to your F-W-E-T, <laughs> and that's a good note to finish I think. I didn't bring my spade this morning. <laughs> so, process. You know, as you return back to work, your bosses will sit you down and they'll tell you of the targets that's going to drive the company this year. And you are told that if you want to be part of this company, you have to be part of being driven. And you say, yeah, yeah, because I get paid for that. So you have no problem conceiving that your boss will make you work harder and focus you in new areas. So why can't God, why can't the pastor and the leadership focus us? Well, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. You will get busy. Get busy doing God's things and get busy doing what you're paid to do. No one's asking you to stop doing what you're paid to do. What we're saying is, is if you're going to call yourself a Christian, you've got to be in wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Not occasionally. 
wholeheartedly. So raise your hands if you will. You've got to process what wholeheartedly looks like for you. Wholeheartedly, all in, full on. Old is a mentality, so's retirement. Wholeheartedly means I have now retired and I've got time and space to do things I probably couldn't have done before. It's an opportunity, it's not a limitation, it's not a containment, it's an opportunity for God to, to move. And uh, so you've got to think in terms of wholeheartedly. You worship God wholeheartedly, you serve Him wholeheartedly. You speak for him wholeheartedly. Everything you do, put your whole heart behind it. And the God of wonders and the rains of heaven and the springs of the deep will come and water our land. Father, I pray, Lord, I bring your people before you. And as Moses once stood before you, and said, Lord, I, did I conceive these people? Lord, I didn't conceive these people. But now, Lord, I feel I am carrying in the spirit, the congregation in my heart, whatever size that congregation grows to be. Lord, you have put it in our hearts to carry the seed of what is in these people. Father, you've given your grace to us to do this. This is not beyond us. This is well within our reach. It's well within our capacity and it's well within our understanding. But, oh God, we know you are the God who calls us beyond understanding. You, cause, you call us to step into the unknown. And there we will find courage, we will find understanding. There we will find insight for what we don't have. Father, I pray you'll galvanize your people so as one, in one accord we will move together wholeheartedly. Father, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to descend upon every family and you will do a unique work this year, O oh God. And Father, that you will bring everyone in the sound of my voice, Lord, to a whole new position. Father, by 2021, we will be a different people. Change the framework. The thing about a framework, folks, is that the frame doesn't always work. The frame limits what God has put in there. And if God wants to change the size of the picture, you have to change the frame in order for the frame to work. And God is saying to you this year, I'm changing the size of the picture. The frame that you once had is now changing. It's now got to change. It's no longer able to carry what you once saw. I'm enlarging the picture. So Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Empower us to process greater through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Lord bless you.